0: You're listening
1: to The Talking Forest Podcast with your host, Kendra Burns. In today's world, it's important to communicate your story online, and Kendra can help you by diving into social media and providing you with free tips and insights on how to build your organic social media following and shine online. Having been raised low income, first in her family to go to college, and a proud international military spouse, Kendra develops creative media content across many social media platforms from anywhere in the world. Her inspiration comes from the people who give her hope and believe in her so she can believe in you. Follow the Talking Forest podcast today to see how she lives the dream of a traveling virtual entrepreneur and get your tech tips as we keep up with the latest on social media.
0: Hi, and welcome to episode number 15 of the Talking Forest podcast. Today, I have a guest, Kenneth Schmidgall, he has an education. He has a associates in applied science, forest resources from Mount Hood Community College. He's currently enrolled in the Oregon State University, Go Beavs, College of Forestry, Forest Management. He has actually come back to forestry after 14 years of construction work. He said that he decided it was time for a change at the age of 30. He enrolled in college full-time to get a degree in forestry. He said... I've worked for Oregon Department of Forestry on thinning, wildland fire suppression crew for Cougar Environmental as a timber cruiser, and he just recently accepted a position with the Olympic Resource Management as their summer intern forester. I'm also extremely active in Portland chapter of the Society of American Foresters, recently accepting the chapter chair position. My hobbies include fly fishing, hiking, going to punk shows, and listening to original reggae, soul, and ska. My goal with social media is to counter misconceptions in the forest management practices and give forestry professionals a voice that I think is seldom heard or drowned out by more extreme opinions, and also to connect with other forestry professionals in order to share ideas. So I'm excited to have Ken on today. Welcome to the Talking Forest podcast. Hello. (laughs) Hi there. So I'm going to ask you the first question. What was your first job and do you have any good memories of it? Uh, My first job ever
1: or my first job in forestry.
0: Let's do your first job ever because then that kind of gives people an idea of where you started and then we'll talk about your role in forestry.
1: Uh, I worked at McDonald's. That was my first job when I was 15 years old. Uh, It was, I had, I worked with some good friends, but other than that, not really a lot of good memories. They ate a lot of chicken nuggets though.
0: Oh yeah, I can tell. I was a hostess, that was my first job. So definitely working in restaurants was just a way in to get a paycheck and to be able to go to school. So what is your role in forestry right now?
1: Uh, currently, I am chair elect for the SAF Portland chapter, and I will be taking over as full term chapter chair in January. Um, I'm also the new intern forester for Olympic resource management based out of the Wilsonville office, which is extremely exciting. Um, they're a really great company, and I'm just humbled that they picked me from this big pool of what I'm sure just fantastic people.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that it's, at this point, interesting to go into the summer intern forester positions because they could be pretty unique, but also you and what is your story on getting the job at the Olympic Resource Management in the summer?
1: I went to the SAS National Convention in Portland, which SAS uh, of Oregon was kind enough to fund for me. Uh, saw Pope Resources there, went up and asked them if they were going to have any intern positions this summer. They said they had one, it was uh, It was just posted online and I should go apply for it as soon as possible because it was going to be a, a big pool of people looking for that job. I went online that day and I applied. and. Uh, the Oregon chapter of SAF, by funding me to go to the National Convention is directly responsible for me getting this job this summer. That, I nailed my interview.
0: And that's awesome. So um, that's just one of the many things that will get you started and will loop you into how the industry works, kind of behind the scenes, and I'm excited to see your boots on the ground and be able to follow your Instagram. Well, next question, what has your biggest accomplishment been so far?
1: Getting my associate's degree has definitely been my biggest accomplishment. I worked really hard to go to school. I, I quit my job. I worked, went to school 100% full-time for two years. life right after getting married
0: absolutely I think that's the start of a better life and the start of a journey where you can fill your your heart and your passion and forestry is a place to do it especially out of being in construction work
1: yeah construction got a uh, got quite boring after 14 years of uh, staring at a 4x8 sheet of drywall
0: are you excited to stare at
1: trees I love blitz. I look at trees all day. I talk about it to everybody. I have a problem of going to parties and somebody will mention something about trees and I start off with a well did you know and go into some big tangent about forestry and my wife has to pull me away and tell me not everybody wants to talk about trees.
0: I'm pretty similar. I caught myself around a few fires talking about building with wood. And my husband's like, oh, I'm just going to continue to do my thing over here, but my wife's, you know, yapping someone's ear off.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I tend to, I, I like to talk about young forests and carbon sequestration is a big topic that I normally get into.
0: Okay, so the life cycle of trees is interesting to you. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I know a yeah. few people that uh, can help you in the, actually, Quorum is a awesome place that i'll have to introduce you to after the podcast um they have some life cycle assessment assessments and research that's heavily involved in the carbon cycle awesome so do you consider yourself introverted or extroverted
1: (laughs) extremely extroverted my wife says i could carry on a conversation with a wall and that i'd be really good friends with it
0: I think that's going to be different for you, and it could also help you in forestry because, as we know, some of the historical foresters are a little bit more introverted, and they signed up to hang out with the trees, but then they realized that, especially if they're in like public forests, that they'd have to talk to people. So you're already ahead on that, and I think it's definitely going to be awesome to see your interaction uh, as a forester and with people.
1: I love talking to people, sometimes to my own detriment. I just, I talk to everybody, and sometimes I might be, uh come off as pushy, I guess would be a good way to put it, but I'm just talking, just all yeah. the time.
0: Yeah, it can be a form of confidence that people don't understand, and I've been in that boat too, but the interesting thing is, I love to hermit, so I am not naturally an extrovert, although my husband would definitely argue with that um (laughs) I love to spend a few hours doing something on the side and without the people and definitely you know recharging the batteries per se so it can kind of depend but I think it's awesome that you're extroverted and I know that's going to get you a long way. Thank you. What is your favorite social media platform at this time and why?
1: I like Instagram uh Facebook's algorithm has kind of changed how it how it displays your feed. I liked it better when it was just, you know, here's a post. Somebody posted this 10 minutes ago. Here it is. And then the next post in the timeline. And it's just, it's become more of a platform for memes now. So I like Instagram because I get to see pictures of what people are actually doing most of the time instead of just somebody sharing a meme.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then with Instagram, it seems to be a community of people working together and talking about things in a positive way, whereas Facebook can get kind of scary. Yeah, I, uh,
1: when I decided to make a, a professional forestry account, I, um, I actually like set up my feed so that I would get the people in forestry, because my family followed me on there so they could follow along with my career. But I set up my feed so that people from Forestry or businesses that I like in Forestry would be the first things that I saw because I was kind of having a problem with that on my own personal Facebook page that I wasn't seeing what I wanted to see. And with Instagram, I am able to see more of what I want to see versus what they tell me to see.
0: Yeah, exactly. And when I set up the Talking Forest Instagram page separate from my personal page, you're right. It's really easy to go through your feed and see people that, you know, you actually want to interact with. And I started following most of the people in forestry and people who are using wood. And it's been really nice to just go through the feed and see all of the forests or people working in the forest, you know, versus someone trying to sell you something or going on to Facebook and seeing something that you're like, wait a minute, I'm also at the point in the algorithm where I'm seeing the same thing, no matter what device I go on. If I go on my cell phone or my one of my desktop computers, I end up seeing the same post.
1: Right.
0: So, it's frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I was going to ask you, have you started to use LinkedIn yet?
1: Yes, I have a LinkedIn. Um, I use it. Uh, quite a bit. I get some good news stories off that from uh, some of the groups I'm in. We'll share. There's a a few diverse voices in the forestry and sector that are talking about different things, from carbon sequestration to wildland fire mitigation to wood products, and it's it's been a really great platform because I I just and it's a good way to connect and network with other people in the forestry community sector
0: yeah i definitely have used linkedin to get whatever i've wanted um that's how i actually got my first job in forest policy i submitted my virtual resume and then someone from uh, saf actually picked it up and spread it across western washington and then someone called me and created a position for me off of Having LinkedIn so I encourage you to to use it and to continue updating it as you go in your career.
1: Yeah it's been a great platform for me from searching for jobs to just mostly networking with other forestry professionals.
0: Yeah definitely and you're able to see people's research and some of their articles on it too so I think it's um, a good space to separate the personal from professional. Their algorithm is still organic at this time, so it's kind of nice. Right. Who are your favorite role models right now?
1: Uh, my parents. I know everybody says their parents, but my dad worked really hard to uh, put my parents where they're at. He owns, he's owned his own business for ten years and it's been well longer than ten years. I guess it'd be fifteen years now, and he's just worked really hard to keep it going through recessions and dips in the housing market and just he's always been an extremely hard worker and my mom has always been there to you know support his business and and help him out but other than that I really look up to my teachers uh, that from where I got my associate's degree Joan and Jason from Mount Hood Community College
0: you to make the decision to keep on going kind of gives the personality that you have of the grit and determination to continue your education, get the forestry experience in the field because you're going to have internships under your belt. And then the interesting thing about going and getting your bachelor's degree is that there are certain programs and societies that recognize the bachelor's degree. Uh, to a a pretty good extent. So I think you're right. And I actually went to forestry school with a bunch of people who were in the worker retraining program. I went to uh, my associate's degree during the 2008-2009 hardship. And I think for me going in as a young person to a program that had like yourself, you know, 30, 35, 40-year-old uh, people who are retraining from, let's say, a construction job. I got to sit at the table with them. Uh, are you in an in a position where you're able to now mentor or help other people in a way where you've had ex- work experience, you've had practical experience, and have you met any people? So I was considered the bookworm at the time. Uh, <laughs> So, are you able to kind of help those people and uh, work with those people at this time? Yeah, I'm actually.
1: Uh, they're restarting our our college, community college SAF chapter, and I've offered all my information to them. And I'm going to actually be there on Monday at 4:30 to sit on the sit in on their first SAF meeting, and really just be there to help the students along with anything they need from. ways to work in the field better, than how to write a cover letter, to how to write a resume, who to send your resumes to, when you shouldn't be sending out resumes, and just to discuss what I've seen in forestry in the past three years.
0: I think that's going to just only help your career and give you an edge. You'll be able to put that kind of thing on your resume. And when I have mentored people in the past on the same thing, it's only led to these great connections and these great topics and we're helping each other. I think that is bridging the age gap in some of these uh, positions that we've had historically. And we're at the point where we're definitely able to work together and collaborate. And I'm really excited that you're resurrecting a community college chapter. I helped do that 10 years ago, along with creating a natural resources club. And the people that I interviewed in episode 12 and 13, Brittany and Jenny Lynn, are actually the president and uh, very big leadership roles in those community college organizations that I helped resurrect 10 years ago. So I'm letting you know that it can really make a difference now when you're helping these people and then look back five years, 10 years later and say, is it still there? And if it is, then you can just toot your horn. So I think that's pretty awesome.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I I really hope that they're as passionate about it as I am. I I really love to see young people coming up in forestry because there really is a need for good young forestry professionals out there.
0: The fact that you have the work experience under your belt and getting jobs to you is easier than others, I think is definitely going to help. So speaking about tips to people, what is your most valuable tip to tell our listeners today?
1: a really good cover letter and send out your resumes a lot and send them out early. Just work on your cover letter like it's a, as hard as you work on your resume and then send out as many resumes as you can even companies that you don't think you're qualified for. I actually got my last year's summer job from applying to a job that I was not qualified for, and they gave me the numbers of three companies, and I ended up getting a job offer from all three companies and chose one to go work for.
0: So being able to have that choice, not many people are in that seat that you were in, I think it's really valuable uh, to tell our listeners that if you fine-tune your cover letter with people that are able to help you edit, do you think that's good advice to send out um, to other people is to give your cover letter and your resume to a different set of eyes? Absolutely. If you know anybody in
1: the forestry profession, if you know anybody who works in HR, if you have an old boss, if you have a teacher who knows about forestry who probably worked in forestry before they became a teacher, just Revise it again. Just keep revising it until your teacher or whoever is reading it looks at it and goes, if I read this, I'd hire you.
0: Exactly. I think that's great advice. I've been updating my resume and cover letter since junior high, and it's only led me to the position of now, you know, being able to get any position I would like. And I think that's really important to have that seat that you were sitting in with the three jobs of a possibility and you're able to choose. And we're just letting our listeners know, definitely take our advice and run with it today and try to do that. Yeah. What motivates you to get out of bed? Awesome that you're going to be out in the field someday and helping others, teaching others, and you're looking at that even though you're sitting in math class. Right. <laughs> so, math is, math is
1: very boring.
0: Yeah, I got all the way to pre calculus and then said no thanks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have to take next term, I'm taking both pre calculus 2 and statistics in
0: the same term. Yeah. That doesn't sound fun. So you're just going to keep the, are you going to go hiking and keep that kind of being in the woods in your head?
1: Absolutely. I'm actually planning on going fly fishing tomorrow.
0: That's awesome. So that leads into what are your activities um, outside of school?
1: I love to fly fish. Uh, I spent most of my time off during the summer. It was spent out on the river. It's a little cold here now, so I haven't gotten a ton of fishing in, but really planning on going out tomorrow. I uh, love to go to punk shows, skateboard, and snowboarding. We haven't gotten a ton of snow this year, but I'm I've already got my season pass and I'm really looking forward to going to snowboarding.
0: And I'm assuming at Mount Hood?
1: Yes. Yes, at Mount Hood.
0: I grew up near Mount Rainier. Crystal Mountain. Yes. So definitely. Oh, I have been, been to Crystal. It was uh it was a lot of fun. Yeah. That whole highway, the four ten, is where I hiked. I lived 20 minutes from there. So, it was super easy just to get in, you know, hop in the car, either go to Mount Rainier or somewhere along there a property and just hike up into the national forest and back. It's definitely been nice in the Pacific Northwest to have those options.
1: Absolutely. We have such beautiful forests and we've got so much access to nature that most people don't have and it's it's a shame that a lot of people don't actually get out and enjoy it.
0: Yep, so I think that definitely the activities that we can do and surrounding the Black Friday is Opt Outside. Are you an Opt Outside fan? Absolutely, I am not
1: a Black Friday fan. I worked at Black Friday once and decided I would never participate in Black Friday.
0: Yeah, I hear you. I've been hiking in the woods uh, the past few years, and absolutely um, Opt Outside I think is one of the best campaigns that they have around at this time of year, I think it's definitely needed.
1: Yeah, I can I can never imagine waiting that long in line to get a good deal.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> so our last question, do you have anything else that you would like to add today?
1: Yeah, I would like to add that people really, young forestry professionals, should really be putting their voices out there and really helping to combat some of the myths and misconceptions there are about forestry, and to really give that voice that really needs to be out there. There's not enough foresters and forestry professionals really making their voices heard, so we end up with these extreme opinions on either side that really aren't justifiable. It just needs to be a lot more loud from the middle.
0: So are you talking about the experts in the field, people with boots on the ground?
1: Absolutely. People who are out in the woods every day, or in school even, who actually know what's going on in the forest are the ones that should be making their voices heard.
0: I definitely like Talking forests because I'm able to do that, and this podcast is helping us have a voice. Rising voices in the industry is definitely going to help that middle ground, and I think people are on either side. And so when we're able to bring in the science or talk about life cycle or carbon sequestration, um, any way that talking for us can help, I will definitely do and bring on some of those messages that need to be heard with the people's voices that are actually doing it and studying it.
1: Absolutely, and and that's really the way it should be. It really should be the people who know who to the forefront. Because if we don't, then we do end up with these extreme voices.
0: Yeah, I learned that when I worked in forest policy. The extreme voices were definitely difficult in policy decisions. It seemed like they decided to be uh, emotional decision makers versus scientific based. So I'm super excited that you're an advocate for the people who are working and the the people who are researching even right now. And they're Able to publish work that will come out and influence the way that we go forward. Absolutely. So I was really excited to talk to you today on the Talking Forest podcast, and I hope you have a great day. Thank you very much.